0: Welcome to the Redemption Church Podcast. We are located in Seattle, Washington. As a church, we want to be a community of faithfully present people with God, self, and others. We hope that this encourages you to do the same wherever you are, and thanks for joining us. All right, hey, Redemption family. So welcome back to my house. Um, So we're gonna jump into the sermon for today. Uh, As we begin, I wanna remind us of our vision. It's very simple. Uh, but it's this. We are a community that is striving to be faithfully present to God, to ourselves, and to one another. Faithfully present to God, self, and others. Which, in a time of social distancing, to be faithfully present with one another is so challenging, which means we're gonna have to dig deeper, we're gonna have to get more creative as we're trying to do even today. In trying to be together, we have to be intentional about reaching out, calling, texting with one another, and trying to just stay in touch with each other. And so, let's remember to be about that. The last time we were together, two weeks ago, formally like gathered in worship as we traditionally do in Green Lake, we looked at a, at a passage in Acts eight, and uh, the the last sermon we looked at was called "Scattering Saints and Good News" and. We were looking specifically at the fact that Saul was persecuting the church and is going house to house, persecuting Christians and dragging them off to prison. But some of them, many of them escaped as well, and they fled from the city of Jerusalem north to a region known as Samaria, which is about 42 miles away. And men and women that were on the run did not just go into hiding, but rather they went to this very hostile region with very good news. And they did not keep that good news to themselves. Rather, they opened their mouths and boldly proclaimed the good news of the gospel. And what an incredible example that they set for us. And now, I guess, ironically, that's not the right word. We find ourselves scattered, though not due to religious persecution, but because of social distancing and the coronavirus, nonetheless, we find ourselves scattered and seeking to grow as followers of Jesus. And we want to not only grow as individuals, grow, if you happen to be married or with children, you want to grow as families too, but we, we want our, our neighbors to come to know Jesus. We want our city to see that That Jesus is good in spite of the fact that so much is bad and broken and that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. That's what Paul told Timothy. God does not fill his children with fear. He doesn't put fear in in, in his children. You might be able to see over my shoulder. There's Jude's door with Star Wars drawings all over it. I would never go into Jude's room and fill him with fear. God would never come into your life and fill you with dread. When it comes to God coming into your life, God comes in and fills his children consistently with love, with power, with a sound mind. Yes, times are scary. Times are concerning. Things are very alarming. But God is for us. God is with us and God is within us. So in our time today, uh, I want to just tell you that one thing I want to do personally with my own life is I want my words, my attitude, and my actions to point to Jesus. And I'm praying that Redemption Church will be a bright lighthouse in our city during this very dark time. So Additionally, I'm grateful for our leaders. I'm grateful for our staff. I'm grateful for our elders. I'm grateful for the countless men and women that have reached out to me in our church, our members, and, and then friends all over the world have literally reached out and said, man, we are so praying for you. It's That has been such wind in my sails. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, this is just this is such an honor. I never thought I'd be coming to you like this. Um, you know, I never took a class in seminary on how to have church when you can't have church. <laughs> um, we studied other subjects, but never got quite into that. There really isn't a manual written entirely on what we're dealing with that I know of. And um, and maybe we're writing it. I don't know. But um, I don't personally feel... Uh, unequipped or ill-equipped or alone in this at all. Cause God has given us his spirit. God has given us his word. God has given us one another. God has given us our faith. And uh, I don't feel unequipped. I feel like I am tasked now with a, a new responsibility. We all are. And we find ourselves in the company of the early church the New Testament apostles and the early believers who had to go about contextualizing the gospel, responding to the situation around and still bringing the gospel of Jesus to bear in those situations. So for example, in the New Testament, you see in Galatia, legalism had risen up within the church, hence an occasion. Paul was tasked with bringing the gospel to bear in that circumstance. In Corinth, licentiousness. Right, had just absolutely broken out, and so they were tasked with responding with the gospel. In Thessalonica, they were wrestling through eschatology and as whether or not Jesus had returned yet. Right, and so <laughs> they were tasked. Our task now is how do we respond to our city? With the good news of the gospel, what do Christians act like? What does salt and light look like now in our city during this time of social distancing? How do I follow Jesus? How do I respond to my own needs? How do I respond to my neighbors? Those are some things we'll look at briefly in a a moment. So I want to just begin, I guess, our time really uh, highlighting this, this ache that we all feel. Like, as our church knows, you know, we're, we don't do the evangelical, typical kind of quippy, let go and let God nonsense, which just basically patronizes suffering. Rather, I, I, we, we do want to speak though faithfully and from scripture So I do want to speak to the ache, (laughs) this ache that we're all feeling, this sickness of, I'm apart, this isolation. Why do we feel this ache? Where does that ache come from? First and foremost, the ache is not just the lines at Costco. That's a, that's a problem. Um, The ache is not just all of the media headlines that are, you know, filling up our newsfeed 24 hours a day. The deepest part of that ache, that existential funny bone, what's that ache within us? It's the fact that we're image bearers of God. That is, our God is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they indwell one another, right? And so when God makes human beings in his image, we're not just physical creatures. We're profoundly relational and deeply spiritual beings. When God made Adam in, uh, I almost said Acts, (laughs) it comes later, Uh, in Genesis chapter 2, listen to these words. The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. The reason why this is a beautiful, beautiful image is because we don't get an opening scene with God like a, a blacksmith in a dark shop, fire covered in soot, banging away on making a human being, but rather you can see God is more like truly the glass artist, sculptor, right? Where he's reaching in and he's working delicately, intimately with bringing Adam into being. The very first scene we see God breathing into him life. Let that sink in. The very first page of the Bible as God and man face to face. And then he sets Adam in the garden and then says, it's not good that you're alone. And so he makes Eve and brings Eve to Adam. And God and Adam and Eve were together. There was no social distancing. That's why it hurts when we're apart. In fact, it gets all the more frustrating or challenging for us as we come into Christ, as we come into the church, as we become followers of Jesus. You see, there's the lowercase W word, and then there's the capital W word of God. God could have written it all in the sky. plan of redemption and salvation. God could have in some way, I suppose, written a word. And he did write the word. But there's more. When Jesus came to earth, when Jesus put on flesh, he came face to face in the incarnation as the capital W, word of God that when Jesus became incarnate, he blessed creation. He blessed the physical, even itself. And so we find Jesus face to face with men and women and children all the time. When you come into the church, think about Colossians 2, where Paul says, I want to be with you. He even says like, I'm aching or I'm in agony. I'm striving is the I'm in agony. I want to be with you face to face. There's a reason why we feel pain, feeling apart. I want to be with you face to face. In uh, 2 John, verse 12, John writes to the church and says, Beloved, I I wish I didn't have to write to you with pen and paper, but I want to be with you face-to-face, so our joy can be complete. You feel that distance today? I do. I'd rather not write to you with pen and paper. It's not that there is something wrong with the technology of pen and paper. It's just technology is such a poor, hollow substitute for being face-to-face. I would so much rather not communicate to you with this. I want to take communion with you face-to-face. I want to stand on the stoop of outside the church and Hug your neck on the way in and see you face to face. Is done for the last four years. Like, I wanna be with you face to face. And this is because the church is not purely an organization. The church is a living organism. We're a body. We're a body and it hurts to be a part. Do you feel that? I do. So, In even recording this video, this is not about building a brand. This is not about trying to preserve some kind of personality. That's not what this is. And as soon as we can get back, we won't be doing videos like this, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So Paul makes it a point to be face-to-face. John makes it a point to be face to face. Um, As we come close to closing, I just want to pass on one thing that I found encouraging over the last couple of days in my own life. Do you remember the scene in Exodus chapter three, when Moses is on the run and he sees the bush that's burning out in the distance And then he comes up to the bush and it's not being consumed and he's intrigued by this. And as he gets close enough to the bush, God is in the bush. And God speaks to him, tells him, take off your shoes. You're now on holy ground. See, wherever God shows up is holy. You're now on holy ground. And Moses gets the instructions to now go and liberate the people of God that they might go out and be together and worship him. Right? And then when God says, go, Moses says, well, before I go, can what's, when people say, when I say the God, God sent me, what's your name? And he says, tell them, I am. I am. And in a city like ours right now, with a lot of questions of what if, The Bible meets us with an answer of, I am. What if it gets worse? What if this doesn't go away? What if, what if, what if, right? That's, we're all asking, how long is this gonna go on? What if, what if, right? And God meets us and gently says, I am. I'm the answer. To your, what if? And this is a time where we can exercise faith in the I am. Certainly, walking in wisdom, heeding the, the guidance and counsel of our of our governor, of our of, of our city's representatives, of, of all those who are helping us to try to get through this difficult time. Absolutely, we're going to listen. We're absolutely going to pray for our leaders. We're absolutely going to walk in wisdom. And we're going to put our faith in the I am. Um, one last thing I wanted to point out is this. Uh, and it's the passage that Natalie read from Philippians 2, 5 to 11. That's a hymn, you know, in the early church. That's what they were singing <laughs> together. And in that hymn, at the very beginning, Paul writes to the church and says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, right? This mind, let this mind be in you. Literally, let this attitude be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say, what was in Christ Jesus? And he says, oh, who was uh, in the form of God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he humbled himself, he emptied himself and took on the form of a servant, becoming obedient, even to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him and has given him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In that emptying, That attitude that's in Jesus, what's my attitude supposed to be right now in all of this? Paul would encourage us to say, serve. The sure self-care and self-preservation, of course, is important. Yeah, let's take care of ourselves. And serve. Let's empty ourselves. Let's love our neighbors with all our hearts. Let's check on our our elderly neighbors. Go down the street. Hey, can I run errands for you? Can I go to the grocery? Can I do things for you? Let's empty ourselves. Let's, Let's be mindful of the reality and speak up loudly and boldly and pray diligently. For those who are suffering under targeted racism and prejudice and nonsense that is completely evil and repulsive in the eyes of God, let's not shy away from people who don't share the same ethnic background that we do. In fact, let's pray for those that might be different. To might be a Caucasian male in Seattle. Might be very different in their experience in life right now. Might be very, very difficult and very, very scary and very challenging. And may we be the kinds of people that look at others and smile, and love, and be the kinds of people that Saint Patrick taught us to pray like. Like every eye that looks on me, may they see Jesus, and every ear hear me, may they hear Jesus. Let's be Jesus's people as we're striving to be faithfully present to God himself and self and others in our city. In addition to serving, and there's going to be opportunities everywhere with serving schools and, uh, and in Mary's place, that's where we're primarily going to be focusing as a church. In addition to serving, um, let's express gratitude. Paul also says in, uh, Philippians two, just a few verses later, he says, um, Brothers and sisters, let's, let's do everything without complaining. I don't know about you, but I feel like complaining these days um, because of the inconveniences, because of this, the, the fear, the, 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 all the things that are going on. I feel like complaining. Um, and He would say, let's serve and let's be grateful. Let's find things to be grateful for. Maybe today you can be grateful that you're hearing the gospel. Maybe you can be grateful for the fact that Natalie just led us in a a time of reflection. Be grateful that Dan's leading us in worship. Be grateful that you have the technology to participate in this today. Be grateful for the fact that you'll take communion in a moment. Be grateful for the fact that God's given you faith for this hour. Be grateful for for the food in your pantry. Be grateful for the clothes on your back. Be grateful for the heart that's beating in you now. Be grateful for your next door neighbor. Be be grateful, find things to say thank you for and do it often. Um, I found that when I practice gratitude, my joy goes way up. And the times that I, when I'm not saying thankful are the times that I'm most miserable. So perhaps practice that discipline. Gratitude. Maybe look around and tell your family today. If you happen to have family or friends nearby or kids nearby, take a moment to look somebody in the eye and say, I'm I'm thankful for you. Express your gratitude. Um, so yeah, so stay on the lookout on social media on uh, and, and through your email for ways that you can get involved in, in, in serving. We've already been in touch with two two organizations. You're going to hear more and more about that in the days to come. And let's make ourselves available to love and serve Seattle because Jesus loves and Jesus serves Seattle. Um, I want to let you know that I am available. Our elders, our pastors are available. Our staff is available. We'll come to you. We'll visit you. We'll be with you. We'll have coffee. We can go grab tea. Like we can be together. Like we want to serve. So if you would please, please reach out with any needs that you have. And we're going to do our very best to love and serve you. So with that being said, uh, why don't you take a moment before you take communion today and just pray and remember what you're doing when you take communion that when you look at the bread, the piece of bread in your hand, that represents Jesus's body that was broken for you. When you uh, take a sip of wine or juice, that you remember Jesus' blood was poured out for you. And as you do, in the midst of all the social distancing we're experiencing right now, say to your soul, Can height, or depth, or angels, or demons, or famine, or sword, or nakedness, or peril, or a virus, can anything separate me from the love of God? And the answer is no. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus your Lord. I love you church. I'll see you around town. Thanks again for joining us. If you want more information about our church or would like to come visit us on a Sunday, go to redemptionseattle.com.